Hello, everybody. I'm Pasha Marlowe, and this is the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. Sometimes I get extra excited to bring on guests, and today is one of those days because today I bring you Amy Angelilli, who is the Chief Adventure Officer of the Adventure Project, who also teaches improvisation and laughter yoga and does team building, bonding, and development for organizations. A playground of a woman. I love speaking and playing with Amy. So thank you and welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a, it's a playground of pleasure. A playground of pleasure. <laughs> I know it sounds so sexual. And, and I've been looking for sponsors for the podcast and the only people who reach it out so far are sex toy um, organizations and not like nice sex toys. So I'm, I haven't found one yet, but I see pleasure as all encompassing of all things that light me up and light people yeah. up, be it desire to yeah. comfort, to joy, to laughter. How do you define pleasure? Exactly the way you define it. Um, and, and it's funny because when I first moved to Florida about five years ago, I went to a women's networking luncheon every month. And it was one of those ones where you have to stand up and explain what you do. And because I'm not, you know, like a plumber, an accountant, or a lawyer, it, it, it's always a little bit challenging, right? When you're talking to people who are in more um, normal <laughs> career paths. The people so who wear like clothes with buttons. Yeah. So I would say, I would say I play with grownups. And then you know, the room would get quiet, you know, you could hear a pin drop. And um, it's like, well, actually that really is what I do. You're right. Um, and it is a pleasure to do what I do. And I, I really feel um, how pleasurable that is when I'm on like the back end doing what I'm doing and like sitting at my computer yeah, you know, doing doing the administrative stuff, and like honestly, the only thing that keeps me going through those administrative days is knowing that that like pleasure is right is right on the corner. And um, I love I love how how you you define pleasure. Um, last last week I was on a Zoom call with uh, my mastermind group, and they said that when I talk about the kind of play work that I do that my whole like physical body starts to change, you know, now that they've been talking and wa watching me on zoom for, for several months now. Um, but when you're in that, that place of, of pleasure, you start to become a better version of yourself, but it's not like, well, I'm going to wear my, my hat that this is like the better, the best version of me hat. Like it just organically. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I feel like my body language is more open. I'm more expressive. My face is more expressive now that I'm doing more pleasure and play work. My hands are more expressive. I definitely know that posturally, I don't know if you've noticed this about yourself, but I, for myself and I was playing small uh, in my personal and professional life and my posture was starting to look small. Like my shoulders were rounded. I was very tight in my chest so much so that when I would stand up to stretch, you would hear like, like the cracking of my chest bones because I was so tight. So it just, it feels more uh, vulnerable in a, in a good way and in a terrifying way every day, which keeps my energy up to do the very boring tasks that you're talking about, <laughs> all the back end baloney. I, I dislike it, but right. If at the other end is that, you know, you're going to talk to somebody or play with somebody. All right, fine. I'll do you, um, do you want to do a stretch with me right now? A that stretch? I, sure. Yeah, that I do with uh, my, in, in laughter yoga, one of the things that I emphasize is exactly what you're talking about this this thing that we do mm. and part of it comes from playing small part of it comes from too much time on the phone part of it comes from too much time on a computer if you take public transportation you're hunched over if you're driving a car you're hunched over like there's so many things that we do that are hunching that isn't normal but because of you know advancement and technology right you know, right the hunch so take your index fingers Okay, this is going to be a YouTube worthy <laughs> episode, I can tell. 
<laughs> so we're, our index fingers are pointed to the sky for yes, those. Our index fingers are pointed to the sky. Yes, yes, yes. And then just um, put your index fingers literally on, on your shoulders. And you want to push your shoulders up and back. Oh, yeah. Crack, crack, crack. <laughs> like shoulder blades in the back pockets kind of thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's it. That's it. And you do this whenever you think you think of the hunch. This is yeah. the anti-hunch. Yeah. Right? And, and you could do this without your fingers, but I always invite people to use their fingers because it's, it's, it's like you're, you're doing, you're, you're making a more conscientious effort when your fingers are involved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's more intentional. Cause I, I often do shoulders down and back or shoulder blades in the back pocket. Um, but there's, yeah, there's something also more intentional and tactile really about the fingers. Um, and sometimes I just say tits out because this <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Mazel, we got you. Tits <laughs> out because I spent so many years, like 48 of them, not only playing small, but not really like feeling safe to be open hearted or open chested. I'm still not one to show a lot of skin or, or cleavage working towards it. Not today, clearly, but anyhow, um, I think it's something to, to move towards, to be able to embrace your yourself and open up to receive whatever pleasure and play and people come your way while protecting yourself in safety. It's like such a balance every day. I find of like, hello, I love everybody. Everybody come to me. Okay. But only if you're nice and like, <laughs> I get, you know, it makes me nervous to walk outside to do what I do online because there's a safety in the, yep. in the online world. Mm -hmm. We were actually talking about something very similar last night in improv class. So we've started to go back into the classroom here um, with safety precautions. And the space that we're currently using is a yoga studio, which actually is really perfect because improv is a moving meditation yeah um and it's about being in the present moment and the yoga studio is about being in the present moment mm. um but we were talking about what happens outside of the safety within the four walls that you know we were in yeah. just like what happens outside of the safety of you know the zoom the zoom room yeah um because Part, part of what happens when people have transformational experiences, even if they're transformational experiences involving play, and I say even because people don't think of play as being transformational, and it, it really is when you're talking about cooperative play where basically everyone wins, yes. um, they, the, the bonding that happens through the shared experience increases rapidly. And so you feel like you, you know, you have this little family that, you know, the, the people in that space would have never otherwise crossed paths, but now that you've had this experience that's safe, supportive, fun, enlightening, all those things, it's like, you know, you have this magic. So yeah. then the question becomes, well, what do I do outside of the space? And right. you have two choices, right? You can say, I'm going to, I'm going to keep this here with us mm -hmm. or I'm going to start to spread this mm -hmm. to other people outside of our space. Mm -hmm. And do you find it to be true that it's easier for some people, and I'll put myself in this category, to share this new playfulness that I'm embracing sometimes with strangers more than the people that oh I my goodness. know the most intimately. Like, it's yeah. like my final frontier will be showing this part of myself, which is clearly my best self to my partner. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, I haven't bridged that yet. Yeah. He has never even probably seen me belly laugh uh, um, or play because there's so much you know, I'll say crud or history or, uh, you know, other stuff in the way. So do you find that phenomenon happening? Yes, yes, and yes. Uh, several, several summers ago, I was a counselor at Camp Grounded. 
Mm. It's a digital detox summer camp for grownups. Cool. And so the camp rules were, of course, no technology. Um, also, no um, work talk, no drugs, no alcohol, uh, no real names. So basically, any social device that brings us comfort by sort of knowing who we are wow. was stripped. So we could be anything, right? I love that. And um, every, everybody was so vulnerable to each other and so many people were meeting there for the first time. And as a counselor and a facilitator, it was amazing to watch what, exactly what you were saying happen, right? Total strangers opening up in the woods in these massively playful and vulnerable ways, you know, and then, and then everybody goes home. The stakes are lower with strangers. And that transition between that experience and going home, I would imagine is quite challenging. Even after any wonderful healing retreat, the, the, the few days after or the week after is, is very hard. Like, how am I going to integrate this experience, this new knowing of yep. myself and others? Yep. How do you and, integrate and that? That's when I really started to hone in on that question of, do I keep this to myself and the, and the people that were in the shared experience, or do I start to mm -hmm. bring pieces of, of this to the world? And you, you can't keep all those things to yourself, you know? So mm -hmm. it's a, it's actually a mix. Like some of the things you did, people won't quite be able to wrap their head around without having gone through the experience with you. However, the sentiment of the shared experience, the values of the shared experience can be shared and need to be shared because it's how we, like some people call it raise the, the vibe hmm. of an entire community, entire country, entire, entire world. Mm -hmm. um, for me personally, uh, I did not know a soul. I, I didn't know a soul and I was com coming to camp in a leadership position. Mm. Um, it was my first time living in the forest for an extended period of time. Um, camp was in session on the weekends. And then in the week, during the week, we had a break, uh, you know, Wednesday-ish. And um, after the first weekend, I said, oh, I need to get online. I need to get online. I need to see what's going on, you know? After the second week, oh, well, I should check in just to make sure, you know, nothing terrible has happened. And then after the third weekend, I didn't want to touch any devices. Wow. And I, I, that was in Mendocino. I went to visit a friend in Napa. Mm -hmm. And when I stepped into her house, I started to get claustrophobic mm. because of the walls and the ceiling, because I had been in so much open air in this big forest. Right. And, um, if you think about it, that's how we were meant to live. Yes. Yes. And for those of us that might not have the opportunity to, for a weekend or a week or three weeks, go out into the forest, I, I feel an expansiveness when I'm in a improv class or a play group or a group of adults who's just willing to relax expectations and enjoy silliness and play. And so finding ways to bring this into our, our current life, especially now with the yeah. pandemic where we're a little bit more restricted from traveling, um, to find ways that we can have that sense of kind of wide open space, if not just internally and mentally. And you know, even to, to even in a city, like, to find mm -hmm. a bench to sit down mm -hmm. and to take in all the senses, like to really tune into what's going on around you rather, rather than, than check in on the phone, to just have that heightened sense of awareness. Yes. I, I have my, my improv students on day two of level one, when we, when we talk about being in the present moment, I have them stare at the four walls of the room for a minute each. Each wall? And, each wall, each wall, yeah, each, each, each wall a minute. And then, you know, we, we talked about, then we talk about, you know, how, how did that make them feel? What, what did they notice? 
And we, we never notice as much as we can because we're only ever partially tuned into wherever we are. So true. So true. And I, I bring that similar work into if I'm in the middle of a panic attack or like even this morning, I was having a, uh, a bit of a panic attack because it was a um, painful medical procedure. And I started to tune into my senses. And I said that in my head, that door is blue, blue. What else in the room is blue? Oh, the doctor's tag is blue. That tissue box is blue. Like, and just noticing and it, um, it eased some of the, the pain, but it definitely relaxed my nerves and it made me more present in the moment and even potentially more present to the discomfort, but I didn't hold as much mm, struggle around it. Do you know what I mean? Yes, 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 yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. But using, using that technique of um, tuning into the five senses, I, I've used it as a therapist to help people through anxiety. Uh, and panic attacks a lot. It, and it's so useful. It's a wonderful improv exercise to get people out of their thinking brain, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one of my students said last night after a game we played um, that that game forced her to think more. And I'm like, think, go! T word. We spend so much of our time in thought especially about the past and the future. Yes. If, if we could just be uh, more, not be more, but just be more. Yes. Be more right. often. Be more often. <laughs> right. Don't worry about being more. Just no, be. No, right, 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 right. Yes. Be, right. be period, more period. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. And so what are the ways that you on your, I'm sure you wake up on days where there's sadness or heaviness or darkness, and it's hard to transition to a place of laughter, yoga, or improv. What is your favorite tool for yourself to, to bring yourself to that place where you can be of service to others and yourself through yoga and laughter and improv? Um, it's, it's very weird. And the reason why I say it's very weird is because those places are my happy places. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I, there was a, somebody I used to do improv with when I lived in Denver and he always skipped the warm up process because that wasn't what he needed. Mm. Um, he just needed to go on stage, like fresh rather than like a little bit already depleted from warming up. Mm -hmm. What I've discovered when I perform is I just need a couple minutes to myself just to be mm -hmm. quiet. Mm -hmm. When it comes to facilitating and leading laughter yoga and improv and, and all these fun things, like that is what I need. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So e even if like, I'm not a morning person, so I never, I'm springing out of bed like, woo, can't wait for the day. I'm always like, someone give me some damn coffee or I'm going to rip someone's head off, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not pleasant to be around in the morning. Note to self, do not sign up for one of Amy and Angelili's improv classes in the morning. <laughs> Whenever anyone suggests the morning, I'm like, mm, can we maybe rethink that? Um, and even if, you know, it's like 10 minutes before something's about to start and I'm feeling grumpy, as soon as I get into the space, even if it's just a Zoom space, it's literally like a light. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm that I'm very lucky to, to have have that happen. Yes. Um, but I think like everybody's different and everybody needs to find the thing that that is their light switch. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I know so many of my coaches have said, get a trampoline, jump on the trampoline, do breath work. Um, and I've tried those things. It doesn't work for me. Similar to you, I think it's like, I could be 30 seconds before you and I met kind of, um, in a place of heaviness or sadness or distraction. But as soon as I see you and your eyes and your smile and see your energy, it, it instantly brings me into, into mm -hmm. the present, but I feel like I need other people. And I'm learning that about myself that I'm um, while I'm learning to try to enjoy my own company, I also know that what lights me up more than anything is the energy of other people. So, yep. Yep. Um, in me. So 
this I've been talking about this actually in the past few days um, with some people. And so part of the reason why I love improv and I'm drawn to it is because it's a co-creative process with at least one other person, if not an ensemble. And I really enjoy that process. Like I enjoy like my helping you to be a better version of yourself and, and vice versa. So in, in the past, say, week or so, I've been talking to some, some of your other guests um, that are, are friends of mine about, well, how can we do that, like, for ourselves? Like, right. you know, like, how, how do we follow the fun if we are one of these people that, um, you know, likes, likes a people stew, like, likes to mix it up with people to, to sort of, like, raise the energy of the entire space with the people who are in the mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. And um, so I did something uh, perfectly unperfect on Friday. I took a little video um, uh, about uh, this little adventure that I'm, this little video adventure that I'm doing um, where I'm exploring different facets of improv and different applications and how it's affecting people and organizations positively. And um, my my goal is to do it however imperfect it may be. Good. And yeah. so the first one was really, really imperfect because I didn't know that Instagram cuts you off after a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did a- Imperfect, check. Yeah. <laughs> I did a really great live yesterday. Apparently people are like, comment, comment, comment. I didn't need the comments during because that takes too much and then I'm pretty sure I erased the live because I couldn't find it anywhere <laughs> I did this apparently really great live and I don't know where it went so I still don't understand Instagram I don't get it, I don't get it. so you did an imperfect video to embrace imperfection uh, that's great I nailed it nailed it nailed it I think it's good I, it's so refreshing to see people um, you know, obviously be imperfect and make mistakes, but even just like the blooper reels are always the best part. Um, and I love when it's m- messy and a little bit edgy because it takes the pressure off, you know, us all. Um, and our, our mutual friend, uh, Gary Ware has this great, you know, magic component to his work. So I imagine that, you know, if he's in the space that he might start to make a new like card that he'll do magic on. And Jeff, uh-huh. Jeff Harry and I were talking and he says, you know, sometimes I just numb out and watch Netflix and don't do anything funny all day. He's like, but when I want to do something funny, I make a TikTok video. And so we all have something, we all yeah, have something. Yeah, yeah. And so for okay. you, it might they be- They were my muses. They were my muses. They're like, mm-hmm. we're, we're sick of you always, you know, lighting up and having fun and talking about this and doing this. And then it's always live. It's never captured capture some of this stuff that's great it's great advice advice. and I saw one of your lives you were across the street from a gas station that's Uh, it that was it oh good which which reminded me of an improv game I'm like oh of like doing two uncorrelated uh you know things like what kind of strange things would you likely (laughs) never do in a gas station like have a wedding or whatever maybe start thinking about um how we can there's two cottages yeah, by, by the beach there, and and a local artist has done these beautiful uh, flower murals on those two cottages, and it's so cool. And then you turn around, and then like, and then there's the gas station. So it's like you know things aren't aren't always what they seem, right? And so yeah, sure. we've got to peel back the layers of the onion. Yeah, and it's always those. I mean, I mean, what picture have we not taken in our house where like oh, the couch had laundry on it, but then you like shove all the laundry to the floor <laughs> to take the picture of the, of the couch behind you? That happens all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why well, just stick to one frame, and then I know I only have to clean like <laughs> three feet in that way, three feet in that way. Show mostly the ceiling. I've got yeah. Well, yeah. we we. We spend a lot of time on social media and I feel like social media itself is like the one frame. It's the outer layer of the onion. Yes. You know, and everybody has so many more rich life experiences b- beneath the surface. And, you know, what we take from social media is, is 
our interpretation of whatever is out there. Mm-hmm. You know, that person may or may not be rich and famous. That person may or may not be successful, whatever that means anyway. That person may or may not be, you know, a million different things. And, um, you know, part of the digital detox camp was to get uh, people off of the socials because we have, have this um, comparisonitis going on and we're comparing like our real lives to like right uh, one dimensional you know social media life that we're seeing on the yeah I've heard it we're comparing our backstage to their front stage you know what I mean like we're we're not seeing we're not seeing you know behind the curtain (laughs) right 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 at all so what's your favorite uh improv game do you have a favorite well you want to play one I terrified to say yes I'm, <laughs> I'm new to this but yes yes I want to play because there's no one-way liberation yes <laughs> um let's play um crisis situation I, I love I, this is a great is, I'm in crisis and you know we we've been in crisis over the past year and so this is a fun way to flip that on its head okay um so what the goal of the game is is I'm gonna have a random inanimate object that's gonna solve your crisis. And you're gonna have a random inanimate object that's gonna solve my crisis. Um, so what I'm gonna ask you to do is think of, think of a crisis. A real crisis or am I making one up? You're gonna make up a crisis. You're oh. gonna make up a crisis and you're gonna make up an object. So for example, it could be you got a flat tire and your object is a bag of lemons. Mm-hmm. Something okay. like that. And I will do the same. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to reveal what we have. Oh. And then, um, for, so for example, that, uh, that bag of lemons that you had would solve my crisis. Okay. But I'm not telling you what my crisis nor object is at the moment. You're going to, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you three seconds to think of an object and a crisis. Okay. And I will have three seconds to think of an object and a crisis. I'm ready. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Mm -hmm. My cat got out and I have a hairdryer. Do I tell you my crisis? Please do. My toilet clogged and overflowed and I have a yoga block perfect yeah so I'm gonna tell you that my my hair dryer mm-hmm. is the perfect tool to mm-hmm. help your toilet clog yeah because oh yeah well first of all we want to clean up all the water that's overflowed so yeah. we don't step in it so I'm gonna use my hair dryer to just dry the area you dry the poop all over yes Yes, it makes it much easier to clean that way. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna direct my hair dryer into your toilet. And the, the heat is going to melt whatever is 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 stopping up that. That's that. handy because the plunger didn't work, so you're gonna yeah. melt it. Oh uh, yeah, I've seen it on the YouTube's many times, so no worries. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who so, knew? I they- know. I know. See, see what way. you learn. See what you learn. Yes, I'm actually going to think of that the next time every day my son clogs the toilet. Okay, so now your cat got out? My cat got out and you have a yoga block. I have a yoga block and the cat got out. Um, The yoga blocks are a little bit squishy. And so you could actually stick your finger in and make little holes. And then you could stick little pieces of catnip and cat treats in it. And you could do this entire block of catnip happiness and then you're going to put it on your stoop because the cat's not going to come back just to see you because no because you're boring then the cat got squirrels and mice and things but catnip is good so i'm going to shove it in the yoga block uh and put it on the step and attract your cat back while the claws of the cat try to get the catnip they'll get stuck in the yoga block the claws and you'll be able to pull your cat back inside Oh my goodness. Not only is that an amazing idea to make my cat come back inside and, and, and leave cat TV outside, 
when when my cat is done removing all the um, the the catnip, I'm gonna use those holes to stick cheese into. Yes. So that I can eat eat less cheese uh, slowly. <laughs> control. <laughs> That's going to help my cheese habit. <laughs> if we make it harder for ourselves to get to the cheese. We yeah. That's great. That's great. Very good. I like it. I like it. A crisis and a, and a random object. I'm writing it down. So, so crisis solved for both of us. Mm, I love so it. So besides the ridiculousness of that game, um, which I love everything everyone ever says in that game. Um, <laughs> it's it's the ultimate um, it's the ultimate way to accept the reality of the situation, mm-hmm. and because human beings always gravitate towards a no state of mind, no that that won't work. No, I can't do that. No, we can't figure that out. Um, it helps us be it more of a we can do it mindset. Mm, I like it. And I and I like that it's very attainable. It's very simple to you think of something to go wrong. And the random object allows you to like dare to be dull and not try to think of some oh, yeah. funny object. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Please be dull. A pen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And um I know an, an improv teacher of, of mine uh, said, you know, improv isn't comedy. And I was so new to it. I was like, what? Of course it is. I had no idea. But once I learned that improv was different than comedy and that improv is just being present and collaborating, communicating, I was like, oh, we already do this every day. It took so much pressure off. Um, so how do you, because I'm sure you get terrified. I new love people. your improv teacher. Yeah. He teaches <laughs> improv at Stanford in California. And uh, yeah, and Ted? he says, what's is that? It, is this Ted? Um, no, his name is Adam Tobin. Oh, yeah. Like a new friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he also teaches screenplay writing. I should really know. Nice. <laughs> but anyhow, he, um, he was a childhood friend of mine. And once I started doing the therapeutic comedy work, I reached out to him and I was terrified of introducing improv, even though I knew I needed to bring it into my um, Zoom meetings to engage clients. And uh, as soon as he said, he's like, posh, dare to be dull. I'm like, what? Like, oh, okay, that I, that I could do. And then it gives us the opportunity to just say something like sticky note, pen, yeah. water mm-hmm. bottle. Like, I just thought I had to be really witty, but no, no, you don't. I find that the majority of my students work harder than they need to. Yeah. And so at the end of the class, they're always so worn out because they're trying so hard and the wheels are turning um, on how to be funny, how to be witty, how to be quick-witted, how to to be all those things. And, And I go back to just be period. Just be period, more period. (laughs) Just be period, more (laughs) dull, period. (laughs) Yes. And so when people come to your classes, do you have to work through some of those, um, I guess, newbie jitters, right? The the nerves and the, and the panic. Um, Do you have a favorite warm up exercise that just gets people loose? Um, so I actually have people breathe and stretch with their eyes closed at the top. Um, because I feel like improv is like dating, (laughs) right? Because, because you date with somebody else, you do improv with somebody else Uh and you have to spend a little bit of time alone before being with another person. So if we're in an in-person setting, I have, um, I have them in a circle, but facing the outside of the circle. Oh. And, and then they close their eyes and then I lead them through some breath work. And then I, I invite them to do a stretch that's meaningful for them. Nice. And that, that little exercise is the difference between what happened outside of the room during the day. Mm-hmm. 
and then what ha what's about to happen inside the room together. Mm, that's a nice transition. It gets them into their more intuitive embodiment of what's going on. Yeah. Nice. And at first, you know, at first they, they think it odd and then, and then they start to appreciate it because they're mm -hmm. actually feeling the value of it. And I've had people like run in late, like, oh, did I miss the breathing? I have to breathe. I have to breathe. I have to breathe. <laughs> You like send them over there to take a moment. Well, we forget it's the easiest thing. And even as a yoga instructor, I forget that simple tool in my toolbox that's there all the time for me. I'm like, oh, right. We can, we can breathe. And that, and it helps if we breathe deeply. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a simple thing that literally we do every day that keeps us alive. If we did it with a little more intention mm -hmm. once in a while could benefit us yes and, now, and I, I you know like I practice yoga I practice laughter yoga and I say I practice improv because I am a work in progress just like anybody else mm. Mm. that was going to be my next question is like what's still scary like what situations you're like all of a sudden I'm not the laughter improv I'm shy thank you very much <laughs> like I that's me in a big group I'm not great in a big part at a big party. I'm extremely yeah. shy. Um, probably feeling a little like unsafe, can't read the room, you know. Um, and I need to see people's eyes and I need to I need, I need to have some sort of energy or soul connection before I open yeah. up. Yeah. Well, I think I think a lot of people assume if assume that a person who is in the improv world is a comedian is uh the life of the party is someone that that can hold court and like yeah sometimes we can mm -hmm. and some some of us are more like that more more of the time um but when people will say like we'll do an improv be funny <laughs> we say something funny <laughs> right Oh, it, you know, it's, and it's like such a different wor world than stand up, and not just because it's unscripted, mm -hmm. uh, but it's a completely different process. Mm -hmm. And you know, so people don't, don't realize when, when they're pressuring you to like be that. I like this little, do, do the little dance, you know? <laughs> The, like the court jester yes yeah. exactly that is the perfect phrase be the court jester yes uh-huh mm -hmm. yeah that's definitely not me although I'd love to say that I'm working up to comedy I don't know at what point you could say you're a comedian I don't know how many people have to laugh at you before you can say you're a comedian I don't know but I like the idea call yourself a comedian what's that I said, no one, just call yourself a comedian. Perfect. Well, <laughs> as I call myself a comedian, I'm like, oh, people are going to expect me to be funny. So I lead a lot of groups and then they say, oh, goody. Like they'll like, I'll go into clubhouse as a guest, just trying to be anonymous, learning something new. And they'll be like, oh, yay, Pasha's here. Oh, Pasha, come up on stage. Make us all laugh. I'm like, ah, shit. Like, I'm like not in the space, not in the mood, wasn't prepared. So it's, it's uh, really tricky to, to be put on the spot like that. And I think that sometimes relates to my like ADHD. Like if you ask me to write you know, a poem, I'm probably not gonna be able to write a poem, but I'll write a poem on my own time when I want. When my, <laughs> I'll write, I'll write a book tomorrow if I want to, but don't ask me to tell you what the chapter is about. I'm like, I'm very much in the moment. So if it feels safe and organic, um, then, then I'm there. But somehow when somebody asks me to be funny, I'm like, I just go cold turkey, right? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're more likely to be funny when you're not on the spot and that goes yeah. for stu students in improv classes too right you know and and in fact even even in a in a theater space with a paid audience like mm. my I always you know tell um the people that are performing with me that the audience may laugh and that's one response to what we're doing. Yes. And there's so many responses that yes. could 
happen over the course of the show. And my job isn't to elicit laughter. You know, my, my job is to make them feel something. Yes. So to have them lean in, in some way. Yes. Yes. I love that. That's touching such a nerve because the therapeutic comedy shows that I do often, we are bringing the audience to tears because we're talking about body shame or sexual trauma or religious trauma. And, and we're, we're actually trying to be funny too, but it's a lot more of the story and it's so raw and real that often before the laughter is that tension, which is often also tears. And, um, but I think that's beautiful. And that's the art of it is making people feel and, um, and become aware of a new um, perspective. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. And, and laughter, as you know, of course, is therapeutic. So sometimes we laugh even when it's inappropriate because we're, ju- <laughs> we're just releasing something. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people laughing in yoga classes, my serious yoga classes. Which uh-huh. And then when I talk to nurses uh, or hospice workers, the stories they tell are hilarious because they're like, it's really inappropriate when we want to laugh. It's really inappropriate the times that we're releasing um, yeah, yeah. For fear, anxiety through laughter. And, uh, and of course, at funerals, you'll see people, you know, mm-hmm. chuckling. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's a sometimes out of nervousness, right? And the, and- best, um, the best group of people I ever led laughter yoga for was a group of nurses. Yes, me too. One, one you two, one, you yes. two, 100 nurses oh. in a circle around the perimeter of this big room. And one section of the circle had to step out because they were laughing so hard. They were crying and then they couldn't breathe. They had to like step out to the hall to sort of get themselves together a little bit. <laughs> I love it. I, and I mean, it's, it's their lifeline. It sounds like oh. nurses actually like they huddle up uh, and they like, you know, in the hall, like you think they're doing something with the chart, but they're actually laughing and releasing it. I played, um, Two Truths and a Lie, which is of course- Oh yeah. Name Two Truths and then One Lie. And we'll guess which is a lie with nurses recently. First of all, everything they have done, heroes, disgusting, gruesome. And they're like, one time I, they're just, oh, the things. And then you're like, oh, please. I hope that one's the lie. I hope that's the lie. I can't believe you have to- Way worse than fixing your toilet with a hairdryer. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't even repeat some of the things because they make me like gag the, the things that smell that they have to do. Um, but yeah, what an amazing gift to be able to bring humor into the workspace there so that they can keep their energy up and keep their enthusiasm up so they can save lives um, under those conditions, especially now. Like, yeah, so I'm, I'm so blessed when I can hold space for nurses or doctors, anyone in the healthcare industry and teachers too, my goodness, like <laughs> they're working double time for the same amount of money uh, and, and a whole lot of complaining around it too. So yeah, yeah. I think, I think the healing with humor work and the improv work and the holding space for people to play is so important, especially. Well, med- medical improv is, mm-hmm. um, like just the fact that those terms exist together. Like I, I'm not like making up terminology. Like you can Google medical improv and you will find things on the internet about medical improv. And it's so, so great that that's happening because there's like two, two well, three things that are happening simultaneously. One is the stress factor of, of the me- medical personnel the second is um, that uh, disconnect with communication because the doctors and nurses are generally operating, you know, with communication that's scientific mm. and not, you know, man, woman on the street. So mm. through medical improv, they can be more empathetic and also direct their language to the patient in a way that is more comforting and makes more sense. Mm. And then the third thing is, especially now, is like uh, figuring out ways to deal with challenging patients. Yeah. You know, through, through an improv mindset. Yeah. 
I hadn't heard about, I, and I, I didn't even know it was called medical improv, but my um, theater pal, Doug Shapiro in New York City, he, his full-time work now is to act as patients with different issues oh, and, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then doctors and nurses practice how to deal with with that so he's having fun of course you know of, uh, being all the different characters um but he says it's just such great healing therapeutic work um to you know i i always wanted to do that because i imagine that you're lying down a lot and i <laughs> think it would be very stressful. <laughs> like one step away from doing that work and I was like oh damn it just didn't work out okay next time because that just sounds so relaxing <laughs> that's so funny um, I might I haven't heard him say it's relaxing but a lot of people lies down a lot and all hooked up yeah oh my goodness because you're not like really getting anything done to you wait you know you get to lie on the medical team. Actually funny, you know? yeah yeah <sighs> That's great. One day, one day. <laughs> one day I'll aspire to be a fake patient. A fake patient. Yes. <laughs> and and you, I, I went to yoga this morning and um I I I fell a few weeks ago off a curb in front of the post office. So I have this huge uh thing on my knee. So I can't do any of the things that require Kneeling. being on my knees. Mm -hmm. So I basically got to do the whole yoga class on my back today oh. on the floor. And I was like, oh my God, this is like turning lemons into lemonade for sure. Can't be on my knee. Great. I get to lie to the entire class. <laughs> I've done that before. I walk into a yoga class and I'm really tired. And like, I know all I can do is start on my back. And I'll, I'll say, so what's going on with everybody's body today, which I always do ask. And it's, and it's true and authentic that I do care, but I'm really excited when they're like, well, I've got this little, like, you know, thing in my back or thing. I'm like, oh, this is where we're going to need to start. Like in honor of all of your, you know, back issues, we're going to do some therapeutic back work yes. and we're going to start on our backs. In fact, what would be super healing is if we just did the whole class. The whole thing. The entire hour. Let's grab a strap, a bolster, we're good. <laughs> well, my other my other dream is for um, the yoga studio to give me a little award for a person who most easily snores. <laughs> During meditation. Because the other people are always like, how do you fall asleep so soundly so easily? Like it is a skill. It is a skill. <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed and envious of that skill. Yes. Yes. I need a whole lot of hours to quiet my mind. Very good. You are in tune and grounded if you can fall asleep uh, so quickly. You're so fun. I would just like sit here and play games with you and, and laugh and giggle with you all day. But I'm wondering if the audience would get bored of us just having fun and they get to just watch us out. Oh, what an audience getting bored by us. Who cares if they're bored? We're having fun. <laughs> That's right. Well, actually, it is. It's funny that you say that. And also the other kind of funny, because um, that whole follow the, the fun concept. I, my students who actually want to perform on stage someday, I tell them if you're having fun, the audience is having fun too. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll get on their head about like, am I good enough? You know, when I get on stage, even if you're, you, whatever you're doing is terrible improv. Mm. If you're up there having fun, whoever yeah. is watching you is going to be having fun. That is true. That is so true. I think that when I go to uh, community theater or, or high school theater or even better elementary school theater, and there's the kid who like totally doesn't know the dance or whether they're going the wrong way, but they're having so much fun. But they're fun. smiling. Yes. And then you go to a more professional show and everyone's very serious and they're not, you know, it's just like so polished. It doesn't always light me up. But yeah, yeah, I love, I love it when I see somebody just enjoying themselves. Yeah, that's contagious. Well, and that, that, that brings up a, a good point too. And, and maybe you talk to your laughter yoga people about this, um, this whole concept of laughing when something is funny versus 
laughing to laugh, um, mm. you know, cause little kids will laugh all the time. Mm -hmm. And if you ask them why they're laughing, like sometimes they don't even know why they're laughing because mm -hmm. they're just laughing for, for, <laughs> for joy, but they can't even articulate that. That's right. why they're laughing. Right. Like right. just cause they can. Whereas, and I, I was, I was doing uh, laughter yoga on zoom last week with seeing senior citizens. Oh my God. They were so funny. They're so serious. And I, so then I started talking about, well, if we were to just give ourselves permission to laugh, not wait for this whole like challenge thing, like challenge me to laugh. I'm going to be real serious yeah. till you make me laugh. Yeah, right. As soon as I said that, then they started laughing. I was like, oh, that, that wasn't even meant to be funny, but yes, more please, more please, right? <laughs> That's the easiest way to get my kid to, to laugh if he's in a really pissy mood and he's just not giving me any grace. I'm like, all right, well, as long as you don't laugh, don't laugh, don't you laugh, don't right. you, don't you even turn those no. And then before you know, he's like, oh, we're such a dork, and he's mad. He's mad at making him laugh, but like you can't not, right? Yeah. Such a so, so do do um do the folks who listen to your podcast know what laughter yoga is? I imagine they're experts. Oh, I doubt that there's a lot of experts out there. I don't know. Um, they, they probably know of it and they've heard me talk about it a little bit, but I, I don't know who's listening. The 3,000 people, three, the 300,000 people right now who are listening to our podcast might not know. Oh my goodness. Well, we should maybe, you know, describe what it is. Sure. Yeah. Give us a, give us the, the summary. Um, well, so you know that there was a doctor studying um, the benefits of laughter in India, mm -hmm. and he would go to the park and tell the same jokes every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I just want to see that in real life, like this poor man going to the park day one. Oh, that's kind of funny, a little, little chuckle. And then day two, it gets worse. Day three, it gets even worse. That's commitment. <laughs> Um, and of course they, they stopped laughing and, and, um, he, he said, well, what if the body doesn't know the difference between real mm -hmm. laughter and fake laughter? Mm -hmm. And he asked them to please laugh for no reason. Mm -hmm. And so they did. And he realized the body doesn't know the difference between real laughter and fake laughter. Only the, the mind does. Right. And then he is married to a traditional yoga teacher who said, if you have these people doubled over with laughter at the park, you know, holding on to their guts, they're laughing so hard, you have to ask them to please breathe in between. <laughs> and that was that was the beginning. And yeah. what I would have wouldn't have given to have been a fly on a tree mm -hmm. in that park to mm -hmm. have seen this whole thing go down. Yeah. And doesn't didn't he also teach that after I think it was I can't remember if it's 20 or 40 seconds of fake laughter that you actually start actually laughing like yeah. your body begins to believe that you're laughing yeah. for whatever pleasure or fun and then you actually start laughing. And I do that on Clubhouse. I say initially I say let's do a 15 second laugh off because they're like, "Oh, brother." And they like click off if they think I'm too crazy. So we do 15 seconds and that goes really fast. But then when I up it to the 30 seconds, which you can't stop them. Like once they start going, then it's like a minute and I'm not, I haven't even, I, I'll say stop and they won't stop because then it's right, real right. and it's just more contagious. And yeah. So I love that about laughter yoga. Um, I, I look forward to, to teaching and participating in laughter yoga in person um, again. Yeah. Cause I, I just, and I find that it's a little bit more challenging online. I want to like feel my belly move and then I want to stick my head yeah. in somebody else's belly and feel their belly move. And yeah, 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 yeah. But well, it's, it's, it's like every, everything is always richer in person and having the luxury of having the technology has enabled us to cross paths with people that we wouldn't normally cross paths with. So true. So true. Yes. It's been, it's been wonderful. I don't think I would have met you because I, yeah, wouldn't, I wouldn't, we wouldn't have met each other. Yeah. Mary. Oh yeah. I wouldn't have met Kirsten who's 80 play ADHD who introduced me to Gary, who introduced me to you, who somehow I found Jeff. It's like, Oh, this world uh -huh. of play people out there. I had no idea that was well, my boyfriend was asked me, he said, I don't, I don't understand how you have so many friends that you've never actually met. <laughs> 
Yes. yes. And when you and when you and when we meet in person, when I go down to Florida in <laughs> in the winter of Maine, so that means any time between October. Yeah. Most of the years, but you mean yes. Anytime between October and April when I visit you in Florida, um, you know we won't miss a beat. It'll be just like we've known each other because yeah, we you can establish dear close friendships online. I, it's it's a beautiful thing. I, I'm so glad to have had this opportunity to do that, and I miss hugging people. So I yeah, want, I want both. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. It's gonna be one big hug fest yeah. uh, as people become more and more vaccinated. Yes. Yeah. There's a, there's a woman that, um, I know and, uh, Jeff and Gary knows from, from this big event that, well, we used to do every year. Um, and she would, she would run, uh, run a hug meetup at, at the event. And, um, she's the sweetest gal and she lives alone in Canada. And I just think the sweetest gal who, who runs these little hug meetups has been up there freezing to death in Canada alone, basically hugging herself, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a, a strange, strange time. Like, it is. It is. especially to, um, to live alone, like for the, for the people who have, have lived alone, the, all this zoom stuff has been oh, a God. lifeline of friendships and activities and yeah. mental health and wellness. Support. Absolutely. Thank goodness we have all of this available to us. Virtual, virtual hugging and and friendships abound online. I yeah. uh, I, I found a dog at the beginning of, of lockdown, and um, I thought the dog was going to be with me like a week till he was you know reunited with wherever you know wherever he came from. The dog has now been with me for a year. Aw, his name is Corona. Because <laughs> something positive that happened during coronavirus. Nice reframe. My boyfriend will say, "Oh, please! You always want to, you know, say, oh, that damn dog, blah, blah, blah. and you, you needed a buddy as soon as lockdown started. You know it. As I had two cats. He's like a different kind of buddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you have your your little Corona friend. Sweet, sweet. My big, my big stinky dog. Yes. That's what I've had during the virus. My big stinky dog and my zoom, my zoom play groups. (laughs) That's a, that sounds pleasurable. pleasurable. This is me trying to wrap it up. (laughs) So it has been, cause I could tell, cause we could just keep going. Marathon. And we got a dog. Oh, and we should tell him what laughter yoga is all. (laughs) And then eventually we'll have to pee. So right <laughs> it all circles back to the p to our bladder yeah. uh-huh. very tiny little bladders big hearts tiny bladders so we need to go pee yes and so we will close this off by saying how can we find you amy online or if somebody wants to play with you or take one of your classes how shall they find you oh they can find me uh via the adventure project website so it's adventure dash project.com okay very good yes i found it easy to find you on because your last name angelili is very unique and i i always try to figure out if i have the right amount of l's at any point but um i can find you on facebook and instagram really easily yeah facebook instagram twitter yep Mm -hmm. yes yes good i i lately have been uh, saying in instagram and facebook um trying to be you know tapping into my my sexy sensual side i learned this from one of my pleasure expert guests she's like you could just slide into my dm and leave me a message so (laughs) oh yeah i've been trying that on it doesn't always work but if anybody would like to reach out to me you could just slide into my dm (laughs) Or leave me an email um, and you can find me online at pashamarlo.com and please subscribe to the podcast because it makes us look really good and then more people will listen and then I'll get great guests to continue to come on the show. Great guests to slide on in. Yes, yes, get all these famous people to slide on into my podcast and play with me. Yes, yes, please. Thank you, Amy, for being willing to come in and play with me today. It's been a pleasure. 
I had fun, Pasha. <laughs> My face hurts from smiling. <laughs> Yay. That's always a good sign. Super. And thank you all out there for, for joining us today. We hope to play with you again soon.